Hey everyone, Mike Davis here. I got a question. Who are you? No, really, we know that somewhere in the world you've listened to this podcast, but we really don't know anything about you. The folks who support this show would love to know just a little bit about who is listening. So if you have two minutes, and I'm telling you, it really just takes two minutes, help us make the Dale Jr. Download an even better experience for you by telling us just a little bit about yourself. All you have to do, go to ListenerQ, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R-Q.com forward slash Dale, and take the short survey. You can also give us direct feedback on the show, which we would love to hear. And as a thank you, you'll be entered into a drawing for a $100 Amazon gift certificate. That's two minutes. That's all it takes. ListenerQ.com slash Dale. That's ListenerQ.com slash Dale. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. All right. <laughs> Are you ready? Dale Jr. for another episode Dale of Jr. the Dale Jr. Dale Jr. Download, download on Dirty Mo Media. Mike Davis is back. Mm. New producer. Matthew Dillner. And we have, that's a Budweiser beer. We have beer and donuts. Mm. It was Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, Amy's pregnant. Will you bless our baby? We're here to talk about the trophy you brought. (laughs) (laughs) There's your baby. Like the sun's brighter and the air's fresher. and can't wait to get her in your arms. A book called Racing to the Finish. Now I look at something and go, how can I fix that? NBC Broadcasting debut. One, two, three. Exciting news. Oh, God. Broadcaster Dale. I can't believe that they pay me. Slide job. Slide job. Talk about what I see. He's Uh, doing the slide job. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I ain't deserving no hype. Her stocking is empty. Mm. It's not Call of Duty. Bling, bling, bling. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> you got sevens all over your ass. Did you see that? I feel like I'm standing at the Golden Corral. Hey. We like, I like tacos. No. I'm trying to be serious. What is this, Millie Vanilli? <laughs> no. We got two of the Porta John. I'll give you a little uh, nugget. Put the bump to him. Really, really bad diarrhea. No. You're just born with that face, man. That's the resting Denny face. They're having a phone party. Is there a way to plead the fifth? That number three is going to Victor Lane, but this number five is going to be stuck in the side of it. Smack <laughs> down, the lawgiver. Where's them cream sickles at? Where's them cream sickles? <laughs> I sold $80 out of my dad's change jar and bought no. the Game Boy. No. <laughs> we got Matt Kins at the Dell Jr. in the same room. Whoa! Who wants Joey Logano to win the race? Hey. I'm right here. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Because I make my moves at I've late at night where nobody else is. <laughs> and hopefully people enjoy seeing this on TV. I hear this Dale Jr. download is pretty large. And this year's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I can't Dang. That's like a greatest hits, maybe, or a... <laughs> How, is that what it is? Greatest hits? I'm telling you something right there. That's we could end the show. Yeah. We could end the show right now. <laughs> That's been our whole year. God, that was funny. That is good. We've had yeah. a fun year, man. Well done. It has been fun. Well done, Matthew. I know you were working on that show open for a while. You said you were having fun, and I can see why, because that's pretty hilarious. <laughs> we talk a lot about food. You say some crazy stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah. It just makes you want to know the context of all those conversations, because some of that stuff I don't even remember. When you have phone party and diarrhea in the yeah. same open, that's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Yeah, well. <laughs> well done. Well done, and we're back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. I'm Dale Jr. My co-host, Mike Davis, is here. Matthew Dillner, you hear him talking. He, he edits, produces, and uh, we got a good show. This is our final show of the race season. We're going to mm-hmm. do one more in December somewhere, sort of get a kind of a catch-up. 
uh, with everybody and see what everybody's been doing. Now, you know, with winning the Xfinity Series Championship with Junior Motorsports, we'll have the banquet to go to. I'm going to go to the cup banquet. We'll have the Xfinity banquet. We'll have a company uh, Christmas luncheon. Uh, there'll be a lot of things going on throughout December. People wonder, I guess, maybe. Maybe they wonder. I don't know if they wonder uh, what's going on in the off season for us. But uh, it'll be a busy one with uh, family and holidays and all that stuff, and we'll try to get together and, and uh, keep everybody in the loop of what's happening around here. We'll also probably do another one in January, keep everybody up to speed as we head on into the next season. And it'll be here before you know it. People are already starting to count down to Daytona on Twitter, which is a popular or unpopular thing to do. <laughs> unpopular in this corner of the You of don't the like studio. it? No, 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 I don't like that. I do like it. Okay. I don't like it right now, but I like it like in a month. I hated it when I was racing because I'm like, give me my damn off season. Don't start that till it's time. Mm. I don't want to hear that coming right out of Homestead, but I was a real grumpy, grumpy race car driver like most of them are. And uh, they don't want to hear that. You know, they want to they go home, take a vacation. They don't want to talk about or hear about Daytona yet. Me, on the other hand, now as a broadcaster... I'm excited about the next season and, and all the changes coming. I'm excited about the changes, that the new rules. I'm excited about driving the pace truck for Chevrolet. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Daytona 500. Which wasn't announced yet until you tweeted it right? yesterday. Well, I announced it. Okay, I thought so because I heard, I saw it and I'm <laughs> like, how come I hadn't heard about this? I have broke. There's a reason why. <laughs> I broke two stories. <laughs> he did. The he, fantasy one you <laughs> broke earlier. He was a newsbreaker all weekend. <laughs> I broke Noah Gregson and, and Dave Ellens are going to be together next year. I broke that in the uh, that was post- hysterical. Yeah, that was funny. You were in the in the press conference. You were you probably weren't planning to go to the media center afterwards. You don't do that. That's sort of superstitious yeah. if you did. And so there you are. You find yourself in the media center, breaking news, saying stuff. But the best part is you have this uh, instinctual moment in you that goes, "Hold up." That may not actually be out yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if if so, Kelly will come in here and clean it all yeah. up for us. <laughs> I just figured that's the best way for me to shut up and uh, not cause any more, you know, damage there. But well, I mean, we won the championship. I've been I went to the media center as the owner before, but this this time being the broadcaster and the owner, I really didn't know what was tasteful or not tasteful. Mm. I told them, uh, I told my uh, bosses and stuff. I said I don't want to do the broadcast. Don't want to do any hits from the pit box or anything like that. Just kind of, you know, if I if I can just kind of hang in the in the weeds back there on the back of that nine box and watch the race. That'd be great. Uh, they even asked if it was okay if I, you know, they, they hit, put the camera on me during the race. I felt like that was fair. And uh, I know the fans are sensitive to it. You know, this, the optics of me being an owner and a broadcaster. So I'm trying to be sensitive to how the fans feel. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I'm not going to miss that celebration. And if I can go into the media center and talk about our partners, talk about our employees, uh, talk about how important this company is and how happy this company is. It's a great opportunity for me as an owner to be able to do that in the media center, so I'm going to go in there and do that. I went in there and hung out. I'm, like, saying hey to everybody, and, and you know, you don't get a chance to really see Nate Ryan and those guys or Jennifer Iyer and, and, and say hello. Jennifer had a bone to pick with me because I, ca- I said she uh, baited people with questions, so she, we had to clear that up. Yeah, she did. She wasn't happy with you. Yeah, she said. you. Right, so she called you and cussed you, uh, cussed me to you. Yeah. And you don't tell me this thing. Yeah, actually, I tried to. Yeah. I tried to, yeah. That's what I said. Hey, call me when you get back to the bus. That was it. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. I forgot to call you back. Yeah. Well, yeah. well we, we, we talked it out. <laughs> we came to an agreement that it's just her personality. <laughs> you and Jenna came to an agreement. Well, she did. She said, it's my personality. I'm like, well, that's fair. Yeah, okay, it's your personality. Which was my point last week on the show. It's yeah. like, look, you just got to know Jenna. That's what Jenna does. Jenna and people that she gets along with, that's what they do. Yeah. But I was curious, though, because you said... In the press conference after the Xfinity race, when we won a championship, she asked a question. You said, is this you? 
Is this you uh, stirring it? What did you say? Is yeah. this you baiting me? Baiting me. And <laughs> I didn't know if you guys had had a conversation beforehand yeah, 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 or yeah, if this funny. was literally yeah. your rea- your first response to her since the Kevin Harvick press conference from a week ago. Yeah, that's funny. Well, we had a good conversation, and I'll jump right to it. My, the greatest thing about sitting in that media center was, my, le- was listening to Kelly talk. Because Kelly, is matter of fact, and she's super proud, right? She's She's come in there. She's proud of what she did. She knows more than anyone what we just accomplished with how we do business. Yeah. People would be surprised at how strictly, you know, monetarily and, and to the budget we run our company and how compromising everyone is. The crew chiefs, car chiefs, uh, th- those guys want the latest and greatest, the parts and pieces. They want to spend money to make, you know, to make speed. But they have to understand, like, all right, we can we can buy – if you got five things that'll make the car fast, you got to pick two. You don't That's get all. Right. You don't get all five. Yeah. You don't get all five here. And Kelly holds them to that, and they buy in. Like Dave's up there nodding his head when Kelly's like, "Look, you know, we run this way. You know, if the guys come in and say, here's ten things that can make us better. All right, well, we got to pick the ones that are uh, affordable. We got to pick the ones that are that are durable." Within the rules, all that stuff, right? We don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars and it get taken away by by NASCAR the next day. So it's a maze to navigate. And Kelly is deep, deep, deep in that in that maze with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Boots on the ground, working every day. And so when she comes in that media center and sits down and they say, "All right, you know, what's the difference between uh, you guys winning this championship or Penske and and Gibbs winning this championship?" And she laid it out there, man. And she was a hundred percent right. And, yeah. and let's recap what she said because that was gold. It was gold. It was basically like, listen, people think that we're just affiliated with Hendrick, and so we're basically in a Hendrick extension, but we're sort of a standalone team here. She, she said it best. Like, she said, we're really more of a customer. That's right. We buy our stuff from Hendrick. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will tell you that the relationship with Hendrick is why we run well. You know, Dave Ellens is working here because Hendrick wants to keep him in-house, and yep. Hendrick wants to keep him in the fold. All right? That's why Kevin Meander worked here. That's why... Greg Ives worked here. That's why T Mac, you know, yeah, all, all T-Mac, these guys. That's why T Mac's H- back here. Hendrick Motorsports affiliation. Yep. This is their farm team. But imagine that. That's a great analogy. Okay, so this is their fa- we're their farm team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're all the right. Trenton Thunder for the Yankees. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, all right. But do the Yankees really have a big involvement in the way the Trentons ran the business of Trenton? Probably not. Yeah. Right? They probably don't have their fingers in how that comp- how they're how they're managing their business. The day to day. The day to day. So Kelly really nailed that. I thought it, I was so proud because she's so tough, man. She is tough. I see her as brother and sister all the time, so I think she's kind of soft and she's all, you know she she raised me. You know we have a lot of love for each other and look out you for each other. You see the soft side. Oh yeah. More than more Am I times pouring than, it on yeah. too thick? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but when she sat down in that chair, man, it was like a boardroom. It's funny because Rick used to say Rick Hendrick when he would be in meetings with Kelly and the meeting's going on, and Kelly would shut her book, that was a sign that things weren't going well. And they'd have to have a timeout. All right, you know, and Kelly and Rick would go to sit in a room and talk, and he'd go, okay, what's wrong? What you happened? Sh- you shut your book. What you does that mean? What does that mean? You, you don't like something this, 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 this company's talking about. <laughs> That's funny as hell. Yeah, because she's, she's something, man. I, I, I loved listening. She doesn't really ever go into the media center. She doesn't ever really get that microphone or that opportunity, that platform to talk about the company and stuff. And when she does, boy, she never she never she hits homers. Um, so that was fun. Did, did the celebration before the media center, I mean, like the on stage celebration, what were your impressions from that? 
What did you think of that? Because I had just watching on television, I had some observations from it. But was really what? What was the the temperature? I, I thought for a championship win, the celebration was subdued. Subdued. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to put that on anybody. I don't think you know. I talked to Tyler and I said, "Dude," I said, "I was standing right next to him on stage," and I and we'll talk about this when he comes here. He's our guest today. So <laughs> that's your kickstart. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Tyler's, Tyler's going to come in here. And we, we can ask him this. So yeah. I said, hey, man, I, only advice I can give you right now is to celebrate this and enjoy this. And he said, man, I just still think I'm waiting on the race to finish, the race to end. He's like, I just can't, it just doesn't feel real to me. And I said, well, let me let, let me let, help you realize that a couple hours, the team's going to be on the plane. Everybody's going to be gone from here. The stage is going to be gone. Your car is going to be in a hauler. And and it's going to be, that, that part, this part of it is going to end. Mm. And you're going to be standing there taking pictures with the trophy over in turn three with some mm. photographer going, dang, you know, where'd everybody go? And I'm, you're going to have all this emotion still bottled up inside. I was like, man, you need to let it. He's like, I want to go crazy. I'm like, go crazy. Go yeah. crazy, man. This is it. Like, yeah. don't. You're going to look, no matter how hard you party uh, or raise hell, you're going to look back on it and go, man, I should have enjoyed that more. I should have really, uh, yep. boy, I should have said hey to this guy and back slapped everybody <laughs> and whatever, you know. It got going once the champagne bottles came out, and it was time to spray everybody down. Everybody loves that. You got into that one. I did. I, I loved it. I, I, got, I figured it out after all these years. you got to wait till everybody's done, and then you can just nobody's expecting anything else. Oh, yeah. Here you come in, soaking them down. Delayed, delayed attack. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I, uh, all those guys on that pit crew were the, my guys, my pit crew from 2017 and before, so I knew all of them really well. But, yeah, it was, it was subdued. It was. I don't. You know. I. I'm just as proud of it as uh, all the other championships. I was shocked, surprised, all the all the emotions that you would expect inside. But I don't know. Yep. You know, for me, you know, for me personally, being an owner, there's a whole different satisfaction and a whole different emotion in winning a championship or even a race. When I win as a driver, you got You want to jump up on top of the highest thing and scream and hop up and down. You know, and just scream and hop up and down and dive in, dive into people's arms and and stage dive and all. You just want to go crazy. Now, when you win as an owner, it's more of it's different. It's it is more subdued, but the pride is maybe even more. The pride of it, the 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 honor in it, and the um the sense of accomplishment is is more substantial. Mm. But you're way more relaxed because you're an owner. Owners aren't supposed to stage dive and and act, act wacky. Uh, I've always sensed that you find yourself somewhere in between, and not to say it's awkward, but the, to me, there's never a a clear role for the owner in a big no, celebration. In a big celebration, even if you're Roger Penske or Rick Hendrick, what are they going to do? Untuck their shirt and yeah. you know a body surf uh, across the crowd. I mean, what, what do you do when you're the owner? When you're the well, so when you're the owner, so you're standing on that bit, on the pit box while Dave's calling the race and. They put you on the TV, and we got the monitors. I see that I'm on the television, and I'm thinking, man, I'm not even the guy here, right? And and it makes yes. you think about those things. You're like, I'm not even the guy. The guy is Dave. The guy is, is Tyler. Uh, the the pit crew, the team, the the people, you know. And it and it gets you thinking about how small you are in this whole thing. And so when you go up on stage for the celebration, and you look around, there are pretty much everybody on that stage has done more to get this here, to make this happen, than you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I own it. Uh, I don't turn a wrench. I don't weld a part together. I don't call a strategy. I don't turn a wheel. I don't, pull, I don't bolt the tires on. 
I don't jack up the car. I don't paint the body. I don't do the all right? But stand there and go, yep, good job. Ooh, we did it, you know? Mm. Now, there's a lot of things that happen at the start of the season uh, that I have to think about. Like, okay, man, what is my role? What is, I, what is my role in this? How, you know, that's just something you personally do. I don't even want to really get into it. Um, I do a lot of things on the back end, at, behind the scenes, keeping this thing going, keeping the wheels turning. I got a small role. I like my role. And, uh, you know, I'm in the big decisions when we make big decisions, which hopefully we don't make too many big decisions. That's when we're real, you know, that's when things are going good, when you don't have to make any big ones or any hard ones. But uh, but the great thing about Kelly, if you go back to her, is that you never have to make them alone. No. And Kelly is a really good person to have oh, yeah, in that yeah. decision-making process. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't, this, this, I can't take much of the credit for the success of this company, how it sustained itself. Kelly has to take all, the, all that credit. Uh, she's hands-on day-to-day. We use my name, not my notoriety and celebrity to to, uh, to glue it together. You know, I'm working with the drivers and with our partners and all that stuff and trying to do my part, uh, driving a car every once in a while and all that stuff. So, I've got questions, though, for you. Do you mind if I ask them now? Not, this is pertaining to this Xfinity race. If okay. we go and knock them out now. And they're random. Some have to do with Tyler. Some don't. First question is, Kyle Petty said that this was a straight-up whooping. Tyler Reddick went out there and schooled those other guys. Is that right? The race had a story, and Tyler was part of it. Coming in, everybody thought Cole Custer was going to kick ass, and it started the race out, and it looked like that was going to happen. Cole Custer's out there just driving around, having a great time. Nobody was nowhere near him. To me, an ass-whooping is when a guy leads from the start to the finish. But what happened as the night went on, I think our car got better. There was times when, when our car wasn't good enough. And uh, I think Dave and those guys were making great adjustments on the car. And as the that track is, you know, that top gets better and better as, as it gets later and later in the day. And Tyler was committed to running that top, and Tyler was running it perfectly. And when that top came in, the double zero couldn't duplicate what Tyler was doing. And he said as much. He's like, I can't go up. I can't find that speed up there. And, man, it just neutralized everybody when Tyler was up there on the wall running the way he was. And only and, and really only he could get that kind of speed out of his car up there. And, and why? Is that because he practiced it? He tested up there, and he said he had in his mind and his mentality all weekend and coming into the race that he was going to stay on the fence and run the fence. He wasn't even going to try to run the bottom. During the race, Dave's like, hey, you know, what we're doing is not working. Maybe try to run the bottom. Tyler's like, you know, we'll, we'll get more from him. But he's like, I need to fix this and this and this to get the top to work. Well, maybe go to the bottom. Well, once we get the top to work, and then we'll fix the tune this, tune this, turn that, and we're going to get that top going, boys. You know, and so Tyler just never would give up on the top. He he just never would quit on getting that top to work. He wanted to he wanted to run that wall. He wanted to run the fence. Um, I even told Dave, it's you know, I said, hey, you know, the, the bottom of one and two might be there late in this race. It might be there at times during the race. You know, don't keep reminding him, you know, to try to – be uh, open-minded to moving around, but Tyler was not open, you know, not... He was not open-minded. He's not interested. <laughs> he just wasn't interested in running the bottom, and he wanted to run the fence, and he wanted he wanted to talk about what balance issues he had to, to get the car to run there, but... So how hard is it? I, I kept hearing that how that was the difference in what Tyler did, that winning the championship is basically what I've heard, because when other guys tried to replicate that, they either couldn't or they wrecked. Yeah. So I hear, I get that it's hard. But it's impossible for me to really understand that. It's like, yeah, going to the moon is hard too, but I have no yeah. way to even understand that. So explain to us, give us an analogy or something on how difficult it is doing what he did in that race. So you remember uh, Mario Brothers? You play original yeah. Mario Brothers? Oh, so yeah. Okay, yeah. so remember how you were trying to go through that first, the first stage, 
and you'd hop up on those little pipes mm-hmm. and you you want you want to hop up on the pipe but stay and stay on it but you'd slide off the other side mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what running a top is and hitting the fence you know misjudging it you, it's it's so f- and that's I'll try to think of a better analogy but when you play that original Mario Brothers to get through each stage you have to hit marks you have to hit you have to land on this perfectly you have to hit you have to jump at the right time to get here and do all those things right right you can't miss it can't be over here you can't be off a couple inches and running the top is the same way if if you go in a f- couple feet too deep on the throttle that's going to put you in the middle of the corner faster that's going to get you into the fence to make the speed up there you have to run right on the wall you can't run a foot off the wall you can't run two foot off the wall three foot every foot mm-hmm. is slower mm. the closer you get to the fence the more the more that air cushion create is created beside the car and the fence it's really kind of funneling that air back to that right rear quarter panel and creating side force and increasing side force and um, the closer you can get to that wall the faster that air moves and compresses into that quarter panel and creates that down force and side force on the side of the car the further your way the further away from that you are the the less of that you have and so it's like a cushion on a dirt track. We need to get Tyler in here so we can get his yeah. take on it because he, he did so well doing it, and I'd love to hear his explanation. It sounds like it was just like walking through a minefield almost. There's no room for error or, the, or, or, or walking a tightrope or just one little move the wrong way, then you've basically bought the farm, you're done. I'm trying to think of a good analogy in everyday life that people – there's not a lot of things in everyday life that have to be so precise. Right. There's things that are for, forgiving. Yeah. You want to be good, but you, it's forgiving. This doesn't seem like it was very forgiving, and yet he was still able to do it, yeah. do it the entire race. Let, we'll think about that. We'll talk about it with Tyler. Let me ask you a couple other things. Elliot Sadler, you went over there and had a beer with him. I thought it was pretty interesting that, uh, you know, in his last race, um, especially with all the stuff that he went through over yeah. the weekend, uh, it, it, and we could talk about that later. But the fact is, is that at the end, he did what you did last year, and he had the beer. He asked me about that. He said, hey, you think that's a good idea? I was like, of course. He says, does it matter what beer we have? I said, get your favorite beer. I don't care. And sure, <laughs> It's your <laughs> moment. Yeah. It's your time. And so I went. I made sure I had to. I ran to Tyler's stage, said, saw them saw Tyler I said I'm gonna run back over to Elliot real quick have that beer because I promised him he asked me he said man I really want you to be there Mm -hmm. because I was walking up there rolling the car away and the guys were going with the car and beer cans all over it but I found Elliot and Elliot was uh found the beer cooler we had a beer an awkward hug and (laughs) that picture by the way was hilarious thank you thank you Xfinity uh NASCAR whoever the hell Thought that would maybe be maybe it was good. Casey. I don't know, but that was pretty funny. Help a brother out. Come don't on, get I him like when it. he looks like he's in the middle of a. Bleed. I would love to meet the person that tweeted that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to talk to them one minute. I look at that picture and I go, Dale likes to have a good time and party. I had a half a beer. I literally drank half that beer and then set it down and ran back over to the championship stage where Tyler mm-hmm. and him were. Even Elliot is not very flattering in that picture. Yeah. Right? Like, even him. At least he's <laughs> doing something cool. I'm the, I look terrible. Oh, well. <laughs> but but uh, good time with him, and I think he's off to his next phase of his life and yeah. happy and content doing it, right? Yeah, I, th- I think Elliot feels good about his decision, and he's got a lot to look forward to. Going to be busy, busy with his kids. He's, he's put in a lot of years. The uh, so Sunday we had a great cup race. We had a great day. Uh, busy, busy weekend as a broadcaster. We signed books on Sunday morning, running around trying to get our thoughts as far as how we're going to open the show. I had to talk about Truex and Kyle Busch. What I thought about those guys. I felt like that uh, Jeff Burton was telling everybody that the 22 car was the one, was his pick. I felt pretty good about that pick. I felt great about their pit crew. 
and how consistent they had been. And when you look at the numbers in the playoffs, Joey had been the best car. And so when the when practice started on Saturday and throughout Friday's practice as well, Joey had great speed. He brought more speed to the racetrack than I thought he would. Truex was better than I thought he would mm-hmm. was going to be. We heard we saw the four kind of struggling in practice, but they seemed to have gathered it up for the race. When the race started, the four was flying through the field. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. We're going to have a Harvick butt whooping. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he didn't, you know, as a, as that track changes and it cools down and what whatnot, we get in late into the night. You got, you know, the car can change or maybe not be quite as good. And not sure exactly why uh, Harvick and them didn't have the speed. And 18 just struggled all day long. Yeah. Struggled to run fourth. But, uh, you know, compared to. They did the, struggle. Compared to the championship guys, yeah. Yeah. Definitely didn't run the way they wanted to. And it was a race between the 78 and the 22. Uh, the 22 had the short run speed. His car would fire off for 20 laps, 25 laps. Really good. And then Truex would come on. And Truex was better from that point on and would either run him down, pass him, take the lead, whatever. Uh, but Truex was doing an awesome job. And he ran the bottom of the racetrack all night long, which was crazy. Uh, they changed uh, the tire a little bit coming back. And I think that that allowed the bottom to be an option for guys. Whereas in the past couple of years, everyone was on the wall or at least in the third groove. So that made the track a lot cooler uh, to what? Yeah, it made the track better. I think guys running low and high and so forth. So anyways... The last five races, I think, have had a 36 or shorter uh, run lap run to the finish. No, not any of the cup races have had a long green flag run. So that didn't play into Truex's strengths. It played into the strengths of Joey Logano. When we had that short, you know, 15-whatever lap run to the finish, that was perfect for Joey. It was built for Joey and his in the way his car was running and handling. And there was controversy for that last caution uh, that people were bringing up, but well, Keselowski uh, put it put it to rest on Twitter. Yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. That, I have not that heard he ca- caused the caution on purpose, which I think is that's a bunch ridiculous. of junk. Uh, wait a minute! If to, you're, put, if it you're racing four wide, it it's not going to work out well for somebody. Just put the rest here, Deb, ladies and gentlemen. Let me just say this. All right, so when the screen goes to the 19 car, yep, and he's in the fence, right? Everybody goes, well, yep, yep. 19 wrecked on purpose, exactly. and then two seconds later. We see a replay of the two-car wrecking in 19. Oh, no, two-car wrecking on purpose. Everything's purpose. So it's a just, conspiracy. Right. Yeah, so I ain't even going to play with that. Right. That's annoying. So, yeah, I'm not annoyed at you. I'm annoyed at you. Know, it's annoying that people even go there. Yeah. Right. It was a racing incident, and nobody even knew who it was benefiting <laughs> at the time. Yeah. In a race, we we didn't have any cautions Friday. We didn't have any cautions Saturday. Uh, Sunday, that was, you know, we had a debris caution, and then, then that. You know, it was uh, – but we still had great racing, even though we didn't have those, you know, typical yellows outside of the stage breaks. Every race was great. And this, you know, the cup race was amazing. We had, we, I didn't know, you know, there wasn't really ever a point where I thought Kyle was in it. There was some times when I thought, you know, the four car was the best car. The 22 was the best car. The 78 was the best car. It was, you know, it was never, you know, it was never decided until the very end, until the very last run. And I think that we're sitting there. I said it on TV. I said, you know, with 20 to go, I said, we got four, the, the championship four are going to line up one, two, three, four on this restart. I mean, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> could you, could we just stop complaining about everything and, and, and enjoy what's what, happening, appreciate what the hell's the, happening right here? I, I'm sitting there with my family and my little girls are watching it. And I said, listen, girls, the only four people that are, are able to win a championship are restarting right here, one through four. That is impressive. Let's just sit and watch this thing. Right. Yeah. Watch unfold because nobody knew how this was going to unfold. Yeah. Right at that point. Right. Yep. 
congratulations to TJ Majors. Guy's been my spotter most of my career, at least the back half of it. I had some pretty, I don't want to, you know, I had some great spotters early in my career, but TJ spotted for me uh, throughout the Hendrick days. We never won a championship together. First year with Joey, they win the championship. I watched him on stage. Uh, last night and uh, enjoying himself, checking his phone, checking his phone, checking his <laughs> phone, sending text messages out. I'm sure everybody was blowing him up, blowing him up. Just, I mean, that was one thing I thought about this morning is like, I wish Joey Logano would tell us how many text messages he had this morning. Oh, jeez. It's got to be in, you know, almost a thousand or so. Well, we have a way to ask TJ at least tomorrow. I know yeah. it's not going to be the same as Joey's, but I think uh, tomorrow when they do door bumper clear this week, we we should ask TJ what uh, how many texts he got because I I bet it's a lot. I was one of them. I I'm so happy for TJ. Yeah, of course. I find myself just like you know I I am literally happy for TJ because the way they won this championship. I mean, it, you had the big three and the conversation all year was the big three. Then whoever else was going to yeah. fill that role and the way Joey won this championship certainly wasn't without some conversation. And I know TJ was probably part of that as well on how they even made it to Homestead, but boy, did they earn it. Yeah. Did they yeah. not? They earned this championship. You can make the conversation, you can make the case about how without that caution, Kevin Harvick may go win this thing. You know, Harvick had a lead. I don't know if Truex would have caught him or not, uh, but, uh, but that's not the way racing typically works. Racing typically works with a caution late, and it works with, uh, you know, some drama at the end, and the person with the best car at the end wins the thing. That's how you win a championship. Joey Logano did it. Yeah, Joey did. My mama texts me. She was not happy. No. <laughs> Who did she want? She didn't, she didn't think Joey earned it. She's like, she I don't. Yeah. She's Ooh. like, she, she. Tough crowd. I know. She was like, uh, I'm done watching. That was one oh, of her things. She's the done watching <laughs> crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. I was like, Mom, that was great. It was a great weekend. Great race from my viewpoint. She's like, show me the stats. He wasn't the best. Oh, geez. He didn't earn it. I'm like, oh, my well, goodness. She's not alone. We'll give her that. I'm not, I ain't trying to hear that. Yeah, not, Joey I haters. Not from my own mom. Joey haters, yeah. right. I mean, I can hear enough on Twitter. Well, who did she want to win? Truex? I don't know. She didn't even bother you with that information. No. She's just telling you who she didn't want yeah. to win and that she's done watching. That's right. Well, by all means, <laughs> that seems <laughs> rational. <laughs> all right, Mike, we got them back again. PristineAuction.com. Love them. Love these people. Yeah. Hey, there was a lot of tweets this week from so, people that were doing pristine auction yeah. stuff. They were tweeting you too. They were tweeting me that a lot of people were saying that they are on pristine auction because of the show. They are winning stuff. It's good to see. I did see a guy say that he got a Ryan Blaney autograph photo for like twenty-two bucks or something, or maybe it was Logano. Somebody did. I saw. I saw some tweets. Yeah. Pristineauction.com, man. Obviously, we mentioned it. It's an online sports auction site where you can bid on and win authentic sports memorabilia from the comfort of your home. They offer daily auctions. The bids all start at a buck, so pretty pretty affordable right out of the gate. There's no waiting. and They have other uh, formats besides that daily one, though. They have a 10-minute auction, which is a lot of fun. Imagine that. Right? 10 minutes. Get it and go. Items will pop up for 10 minutes. It's rapid fire. You better be quick. All of them are great deals. They guarantee the authenticity of their items. And uh, they come from the most trusted sources. <laughs> you looking at me? I skipped right over that. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't want to say yeah. authenticated. You, you Wait, just, I messed it uh, up. What you the did hell, it. dude? <laughs> you did. <laughs> I'm sitting too close to you. Mike, you give it a go. Which one? Authenticity uh, or authenticated? There you go. Authenticated. Authenticated. Mike's the only educated one in the room, I guess. I mean, I think that you're, <laughs> I, I think the pronunciations he puts in here might actually complicate it a little bit. It actually bit. makes it worse. Oh, really? Th- I mean, authenticated. See, that's not how you that's say it. That's not how you say it. Authenticated. You don't say authenticated. You have a capital T as if you're supposed to emphasize the T, but you don't. True. Authenticated. I don't know. <laughs> that's true. There's an emphasis on that that shouldn't be. Well, there's a Sports Illustrated on there that I signed. 
It has pictures of me actually signing it, so it's authenticated. It's authenticated. That's, that's as authenticated right. as you can get. Yeah. So it doesn't get more real than that. All you know, there's a lot of drivers that do it, and uh, they'll all have their photos of themselves signing this uh, all these all these items, so you know that it's a real deal. It's affordable. There's a Joey Logano signed eight by ten photo with him. Uh, from his old tw- uh, Joe Gibbs twenty car days, mm. yeah. get you one of those. It's at thirty. I love bucks. the Mike Davis. Mm. It's at thirty bucks. I mean, it's a, I mean, he's, he's getting on up there. It's got to be. That. That's got to be toward the end of the auction, right? Get your Joey. It's Logano. right towards the end of it, and I'll tell you what. Yeah. I mean, he won that title, so yeah, yeah Mike, go up. Get your Joey Logano stuff now. Well, eight that's by right. ten photo. I don't know. Thirty bucks is a lot. No. Yeah, it's not. For the champion, thirty no. bucks for an eight by ten. Who are you? Even? Just one of those Joey Logano haters? Uh, what? <laughs> All right, Brenda. <laughs> All right, Brenda. Uh, who is collecting? This is your mom speaking? No, yeah. who's collecting eight by tens? Who collects eight by tens well, these days? Just because you don't doesn't mean other people do. I, I don't. Eight by tens. I've never went to anybody's house and they went, "Hey, check out my eight by tens." I've got eight by tens on my wall. Really? Yes. Of, of your of family, who? probably. No. Of Joe Logano autograph number 20 car? <laughs> Bill Curry, Gene Stallings, Mike DeBuy, every Alabama in your head house? Coach, and Nick Saban. So your, uh, house, your house is like a New York house. steakhouse. Where else would I put all it? all the 8x10s Would I put them in up. your house? No. Would I put, where would I put it? Why did your, your wife let you do that? In my office, yes. Oh. Oh. Yeah, okay. Office. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remove my kids' like school pictures <laughs> and then put Gene Roger Stallings, Stallings in there. Right, I don't put, hang it on my Christmas tree as ornaments. I got you. Eight by tens. <laughs> All right, well, we learned something. So you'd prefer like a four by six? Yeah, what do you prefer? What kind of pictures I mean, does Dale Jr. Uh, look for on the pristine auction? Um, yeah. I like my pictures smaller. Keep them in a shoebox. Oh, because that's good. Just yeah. put them in a shoebox. Well, eight by tens. So nobody can enjoy Eight by tens take up a lot of room. <laughs> good grief. <laughs> Not in your house, they don't. Let me tell you. <laughs> he's only got one well, kid. Look, there's a lot of He's wall. only got one kid. He there's still a lot has of space. Wall. Apparently, there's there's a uh, there's a big big giant group of people out there collecting eight by tens. <laughs> and if you love, if you're one of them, Joe Logano's got one signed on there. It's thirty bucks. Check out pristineauction.com now. You'll be hooked. It's free to register, free to bid. You only pay for the items you win. That's pristine auction, spelled P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, auction.com. How come we don't spell out the auction part? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there like might people, be people that don't know how to spell it. Yeah, but A-U-C-T-I-O-N. Yeah, go ahead and go. spell the dot com. D-O-T-C-O-M. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And when you register, be sure to select Dale Jr. Download Podcast from the drop-down menu in the How Did You Hear About Us section. So there's a section. Click the drop-down. Dale Jr. Download Podcast is what you want to select. That lets them know that we sent you. Before we bring in Tyler Reddick, the Xfinity Series champion of 2018, here's your Exalta update. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. Homestead Miami Speedway was all about the championships. First up on Friday night, Brett Moffitt got up on the wheel and brought his number 16 Shiggy Hittori-owned truck to the front to earn the win and the Truck Series Championship. On Saturday, the Xfinity Series battled for a title under the Florida sun. When the day was done, it was Junior Motorsports' Tyler Reddick who was the last man standing with the checkered flag and the Xfinity Championship, the third title for the JRM team. On Sunday, a late race restart gave Joey Logano a chance, and that's all he needed as he bested his four combatants to win his first NASCAR Cup Series championship. On the short tracks, Josh Berry and Sam Mayer didn't have the results they wanted, 
in the Myrtle Beach 400 at Myrtle Beach Speedway, finishing 30th and 25th respectively. But it was a strong year for the Junior Motorsports late model team. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on our great partner Exalta, please visit them at exaltacs.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the champion is here. The champ is here. <laughs> the champion is here. All right, buddy. Come on in. So how do you feel? <laughs> Feeling pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Has it's, it set in yet? It's starting to. Good. It's Finally. starting to. Two days yeah. later, it's starting it's to starting set starting to. Yeah, I've went to bed twice now and woken up, and I'm, <laughs> it still happens. So I think it's it wasn't a reality. Dream. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. Oh, my goodness. Congratulations. Thank you. So yeah. happy for you, really. Uh, you went out there, and like we were talking earlier, as Kyle Petty said, you went out there and schooled them. Do you feel like you schooled them? Well, I, obviously all year long we didn't, but um, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes over the course of the year, but it, it was just a, it was a learning process from start to finish. And, I mean, we just hunkered down when the playoffs came around, and we just – we got to Homestead, which is what we've been telling ourselves all year. So if we could just get to Homestead, it's anybody's anybody's shot. And we knew that that track would play to our strengths, and just ended up working out. So let's uh, let's get to it, man. You you run the fence. You correct me if I'm wrong anywhere, but you tested on the fence. You said I'm going to run the fence. You told Dave that if you know if I hit the wall, don't worry about it. We're going <laughs> to hit the wall. Make the car where it can hit the wall a lot. You went there for practice and ran the fence. In the race, you ran the fence. Me and Dave both tried to talk you off the fence, but you said, no, I'm going to keep running the fence, fix the car, make the car where I can run the fence. Oh, this is true so far. Yeah. So, yeah. so all that being true, tell us how to run the fence. Imagine that I'm a driver and I'm new and I've never ran Homestead. How does that work? What are you doing up there and why do you want to run there? Why are you so dedicated to it? as opposed to moving around or doing anything like the bottom, the 21 ran the bottom, there's some other ways to get around that track. Tell me how to run the wall. I feel like just the easiest way and the, the hardest thing for me was just overcoming the fact of entering on the wall and entering really close to it without telling yourself you're going to hit it. Because mm. just like anything, if you tell yourself or you think you're going to hit something and you're looking at it, you're going to end up hitting it more times than not. And just getting adjusted and, I guess, carrying just enough entry speed to where you can make time up there was the biggest thing. It's just... The more it seemed like on Saturday, the more I would back my corner up, the better it would work. The more I'd back it up, the higher I'd enter, the faster we would go. Um, and for me, it just it's all about making a straightaway as long as possible, really. Um, you know, without in the past when I've ran the fence and been okay, I've just sacrificed too much speed getting into the corner, stopping almost, as Kyle would like to say, and then taking back off. It's all about just trying to carry just enough speed into the corner without hitting the fence and then just getting back to the gas. What's for everybody. the difference in speed from the bot going in and running the bottom to the top? Um, entry speed, I'd yeah, say, is, speed. you know, ideally, you know, if you get it really dialed in and you're really moving, you don't want to lose too much entry speed, but definitely the guys carrying a, a much shorter, driving a much shorter lap for sure on the bottom. You know, it's not necessarily about entry speed. I'd say it's just about how, how fast you can get back to the gas and carry speed off the corner. Well, the reason I asked that, I guess, that the, and, and you can answer this too, if you're so accustomed to going in slower and to run the bottom, I would guess it would be very hard to train yourself just off of your instinctual, just the muscle memory, to go in faster into a corner when that wall is closer. I guess in the, in what I'm hearing you say is that's the challenge, to get yourself to not think that way because you are going in much faster, right? Um, I don't know. I think you're, you're the not. entry speed is not that much different, I don't, I don't okay. think. Um, I actually think you carry a little bit less speed in the less corner. Speed. Oh, yeah. okay. You drive it off further into the to the bottom of the track, okay. I'd say. Yeah. It's just you try and essentially – 
back the whole corner up your apex, if you will, and everything where you, where the center of your corner is, just so you can lay the power back down and just carry a lot of speed down the straightaways. When he says he wants to make the straightaway longer, basically he wants to be in the gas sooner than he would have been running the bottom. Yeah. And if you're in the gas sooner, it's like a big whip. You know, you just kind of pendulum off the corner and then down the straightaway quicker than the guy that had ran the bottom because you got yeah. in the gas way before he did. And to be able to get in the gas sooner, you got to lift sooner. Before Kyle Larson came, or, or, or there wasn't too many guys that ran a top, and we didn't have data to look at. They didn't look at my data. They didn't, you know, they would wonder, like, how do you do it? How do you do it? How, how do I, I can't figure out how to run that top. They never understood how much you had to back the corner up. Yeah. They also, um, you make a great point about entering on the fence, and that's something that I really didn't learn till real late in my career, and Kyle Larson showed me just how aggressive you could be entering the wall. When you get up, when you get the car against the fence, it creates additional side force. The car's in y'all, so the car's kind of pitched. The wall's straight. You know, obviously it's curved for the corner, but it's just, it, against the car, it's kind of straight, and that air funnels down the car and packs into the back trying to trying to escape by the back of the car, and it, and it creates that side force that you're looking for and that cushion. The sooner you can make that happen, like if you can enter the corner on the wall, it's happening mm. then. Instead of driving in maybe a car length off the wall and meet and getting to the fence in the center and that start, that, that cushion happening, you can start it entering. And that's what you were doing uh, so well. A lot of guys that have figured out how to run the top still don't know that entering on the wall is the ideal way to do it. And yeah. it helps that center so much, too. That center turns. The more you can open up that entrance and arc that entrance and get in on the wall, the center's quicker. You go to the throttle a little bit more. Guys just don't learn how to do that, that as quickly as you did. Do you think that your dirt experience helps you? Because when you run dirt, you got to enter on the cushion. You don't enter low and up to the cushion and then run off the corner, right? It, it kind of depends. In, in some of the late model stuff, you almost had to do it a little bit. You couldn't. When I first got into the late models from the open wheel cars, the open wheel cars, you kind of just pitched it and you were kind of already on the fence or the fence, the 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 cushion. You never really came off it. But in the late models, I can't tell you how many times. It took me um, of trial and error just turning in off the cushion and literally just getting tight and wrecking. So, like, the late models were a little different. You kind of had to get it pitched just enough to, and then just kind of keep it pinned. I've had a couple cars that are really good. Uh, it knocks, I think back to I had a car one time at Knoxville where I could literally just keep it on the cushion all night long. But, yeah, I think the dirt racing helped a lot. I think more of the – probably so the outlaw carts I came from because those things, the, the higher you could keep them and the, the more you could keep them in the moisture, the better it would just be, especially at, at Cycle Land growing up for me. But I think that's – where me and Kyle probably picked up and learned those things. I think it came from the outlaw carts when you think I first started. That dirt experience it allows you to run that top. I think so. Yeah. Um, it, it allows me to run the top. It makes it for for better or for worse. I'd say it it makes me want to go out and search for speed in places that other people most likely wouldn't. Uh, but it also, at the same time, can make me you know um, <laughs> I probably should just stay on the bottom or just stay in line early in the run when I'm already you know looking I, around looking around too yeah. soon probably, but been getting better at that as time goes on and then you know i have some bad days still but um sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't that's true man when you're when you're running a, a race uh where you can you know you know you can go to the top at some point in the run it's so hard to be disciplined and not want to jump up there because you know that's where you want to end up it's five laps into a run you know you probably don't need to go up there till like 10 laps in but you're dying to go try it it's so mm -hmm. hard to be disciplined you might give up a few spots going up there too early, but you're going to run and mow them guys down on the long run. So was that the difference? Do you think that, that – would you win this championship without running that high line? I don't know. Um, 
it was our game plan from even way before we ever got to Homestead. Mm. I, I felt like all year long going into that race, that's what we were going to have to do. No, we were going to have the composite body. I was like, man, I feel like I can get, I can get away with, with murder almost hitting the walls many times, you know, and not <laughs> knocking the, the quarter <laughs> panel in and yeah. on the tire and all that stuff. So, I mean, with, with all those things in place and knowing it going in, uh, especially as the year went on and seeing how fast we were at times running the top, it's like, well, might as well. It works really good at those other tracks. I, I felt like if the race had a short run to the end, uh, a 10-lap run to the end, yeah, it would. It won't work. But um, in years last the year before, it was a long green flag run to the end, and I knew if I, I kind of wanted to play to our strengths and set ourselves up if it went on, if it, the race went our way that we'd have a really good shot at winning it, and that's kind of what the game plan we had going in. I got to ask you too, uh, Dave. This is impressive how Dave called the strategy. I was sitting on the box watching it. I didn't know, like, I can't, when I was a race car driver, I couldn't see this stuff happening or I'm in the car driving and I'd be like, ah, I don't know what the strategy is. He'll just tell me when to pit, you know, and I'm just going to race hard and try to get everything I can, every single lap, you know, and, and he's going to tell me when to pit and I don't know what we're doing. But now that I'm in the pit, in the booth listening to Steve tell people on TV, like, all right, this is the strategy this guy's doing. This is the strategy this guy's doing. I understand it's so much easier. I'm standing on that box. Noah Gregson's up there. And I said, Noah, if we can catch the double zero, Dave's going to bring him to pit road and try to get there first. And if that happens, we're going to be in front of him mm-hmm. when he pits yep. and comes out. We'll have cycled him. And it worked. Like, I, I'm, I've, I've heard Steve tell this to the fans and the viewers at home a hundred times this, this year. And I'm sitting there going, you know, I was real proud of myself because I'm sitting there like, I know what's coming. And did you know what they were trying to do in the car? Or you're just like out there driving, trying to, you know, run the high line, make time. Did you know that I need to get close to that double zero? Then he's going to draw in a pit, load, pit lane. Did you understand the strategy? Yeah, I knew that um, if we were in that spot, that if we kind of got to them but couldn't pass them, kind of like uh, in practice on Friday, we were actually we actually were on newer tires than the 20 um, in practice. And in, in practice on Friday, we couldn't really run the fence. I was up there, but I couldn't run it like I wanted to, so we weren't as fast. But I caught the 20, and we were, you know, two, three-tenths faster lap than him um, on newer tires, obviously, too. I got to him and then couldn't go anywhere. So Dave was like, if we're in that spot where he, he feels like we're running him down and we kind of stall out like we did, you know, we come to pit road. But the 20 came to pit road, I believe, the lap before yep. we did. And so Dave was like, well, we don't want – the 20 to you know gain any more time on us so we pitted and i was just kind of blown away after i went back and watched the race the double zero stayed out as long as they did oh yeah i, I was actually impressed like cole picked up on it immediately he's like where did i go like he was he was on top of it he's like where's the nine why are we staying out you know he was asking that question right away um but i was i was surprised the 42 and the double zero stayed out as long as they did i don't know if they were caught up in racing each other for the owner's championship too but yeah we we got out ahead of those guys and it looked. It didn't look good for a second when the double zero passed the twenty. I would say, yeah. and he was about a in a second back of us. But I knew that I was either have to wreck it or drive away from him. And <laughs> fortunately, the other one worked. Yeah, wow. I think that that's so impressive for uh, that you can send you. You know, not a lot of drivers that are young as you are in, are understanding the strategy as the race is playing out. But that's where racing is going. That's where drivers are having to go. They're having to not only make lap time drive the car on the fence an inch off of it, but also understand what their role and job is in that moment. Know, hey, all I I need to do is get close to that double zero, then I'm coming to pit road. I don't need to try to go up there and pass him. I don't need to get the car in the fence. I mean, these are so many things that I saw you do that, uh, that night that were so impressive to me. Noah's coming next year, so I'm sitting there saying, Noah, watch. 
Tyler is going to try to catch this double zero, and he's got to stay off the wall. He's got to. He's he can't make any mistakes because Dave's got this plan. And you did that. You did it flawlessly. Dave did it flawlessly. And then we get back out there and with 20 to go, I'm like, now he's got to run these last 50 laps without hitting anything. And he's got to run it right and right on the fence. And I I was so amazed by how precise you were. Um, a lot of guys hit the wall every time I would run that fence all night I would get in the wall you know and it changes the car the car never drives as good Uh, we've seen it happen with Justin there before trying to race for the championship it's just a dangerous risky game but you uh you you made it work I couldn't believe it hats off to you Uh, I'm still amazed by it impressed by it but Dave told me when we were going you know we're getting ready to go into the playoffs I said all right you know what do you think he goes if we can get homestead we can win and I was like, all right. And he, he says, I really feel confident that if we get to Homestead, me and him will go out there and we'll have a shot. We'll have a great car. We'll have a shot. And he he was right. He was right. You were really, uh, you know, meticulous and, and smart throughout the playoffs. Uh, at any point, like during the playoff system, during playoff rounds, was how intense is that pressure on a driver with that elimination factor hanging over your head? It was, it was quite ever-present. Um, it was really hard. It was... I wouldn't say it was hard to sleep at night, but it was difficult to relax and go to bed. Every single one of those elimination races, and even even the even the the first two races of each round, um, Richmond, we we weren't bad, but we weren't great, and we we never really. It seemed like each of the six practices throughout, you know, the round of eight and round of tw- with round of twelve and round of eight, that we just weren't very happy with our car, and we were worried about scoring enough points throughout the race to put ourselves in a, a good spot for the next race or to even advance. Um, so it put us in a spot to really kind of take risks and, you know, either wholesale the car and make it a lot like the one or the seven or, you know, make make some adjustments and just hope they worked in the race. But every single one of them that we made um, from practice to race was the right call all, all playoff long. That was a lot of stress on Dave and Brandon and those guys because we're, you know, we're looking at the sheet and we're 10th or worse on speed, you know, fast lap average. It's like, I don't know how we're going to score enough points to right. get to the next round and we would just unload in the race and we go to work and somehow find it and get it get it done. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, all this mental talk and all these things, the strategy going on, I can't help but wonder, as you got to 10 to go, 5 to go, do you even let yourself, do you, with all that's going on, do you even let yourself think about what is right in front of you in 5 laps and 10 laps? And if so, does that become a distraction? I was, I mean, it's, it seemed like as soon as I'd taken the lead um, back from the 20 and the double zero was right, right behind me at it it was ever so present what we were racing for. You knew. Um, I don't know if I would say it was stress, but I I knew it was on the line. It was time to go get it done or get past and not win the championship. It took me all race. I'd say I ran the top all race, but it took me most of that race to kind of hone in where I needed to lift and and everything I needed to do to get through turn one and two really well. That that was my struggle all night. I'd say. Yeah. That last last run we really found it and took off. What was the celebration like? I would say that it, <laughs> to me it looked like. You still hadn't really understood exactly what you had accomplished yet. Yeah, I mean, I it, it was crazy. Like it, I can't believe it actually happened. Like we <laughs> went through so much throughout the year that I I knew we could still accomplish it and get it done. But to overcome what we did, uh, go on the run we did in the playoffs, it's just crazy. Because I sit back and think to Road America, and Dave says that was the lowest of lows for himself, myself, all of us included. And it just seemed like the, the world was on fire. It was all burning to the ground, right? But we still. We hunkered down when the playoffs started. Is that what you're first thinking when you're sitting on that stage? I mean, like, when you cross the start-finish line, are you thinking about, wow, we did it because of the lows that you went through? I mean, I, I think they, they played a role for sure. We we didn't have the smoothest year for sure, but I think some of those those rough spots made us tougher. 
it made us appreciate the nicer moments a little bit more. I, I just feel bad for those guys because throughout the regular season, I'm feeling bad for them because they, you know, they deserve so much more. And I, I just wanted to go out there and get it done. And unfortunately, sometimes pushing so hard was not always the answer. Um, but we had a game plan going to the playoffs, and we worked on it throughout the playoffs, and we just continued to just be as smart as we could be. And we had good six races and put ourselves in that spot to win. What did you do after all your work was done? Your, your pictures were taken. Your media was done. Where'd you go? Who'd you talk to? What'd you do? Well, I had a I had a beer, which was nice. <laughs> with who? Wait, you waited Dave, that long? With Dave. <laughs> with Dave? <laughs> we were uh, we were taking a picture with the trophy in turn three. Me and him yeah. got to kind of for a second. Finally, all the all the commotion was calmed down, and we just couldn't believe what we had accomplished. <laughs> we were really happy. We both believed we could do it, um, but the fact that it happened was, you know, it just it's crazy. It was it was quite an adventure to get to that point. That's for good because sure. I'm assuming at that point it's dark. There's nobody at the track. It's sort of you guys are just kind of wrapping up. So is that beer with Dave? Anybody else? Or just you two? Oh, Campbell was there too. Campbell, he there. was hanging out with us. Kristen was there. Um, Did, was that when? Was that one of the the high high moments of your celebration? Then was that when it really started to sink in? Yeah, I mean, yeah. we came back to North Carolina and hung out for a bit. Um, me, Dave, and. A Mike and a couple of the guys on the nine car. Um, some of them almost have to drive the opposite way of where most of us live, so we didn't get to quite hang out with everybody. But for the most part, a little group of us got together and kind of soaking in. It felt nice. We what time did you shut it down? Um, I call it quits. I think around three o'clock. But pretty good. I was uh, Dave kept on going. He he <laughs> soldiered on. Had a boy. Dave kept yeah. soldiering on. Um, hit him and Ashley just uh, kept on going. I was I was. Well, you I think raced. I'd, yeah, you drove the race. It was. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you're probably tired. Yeah. <laughs> so are you? Uh, are you starting to get nervous about having to make that speech at the banquet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, Any yeah. help would be great because I don't. Um, I don't know where to start. And I don't know where to finish on that Is thing. Is that right? I think it's four minutes. I gotta. I gotta. Yeah. Well, so. you take any time you want. You take all the time you want up there. Nobody's gonna shut you off. <laughs> That's probably the toughest part uh, about the whole thing. I mean, if you hate to complain about success, but. Um, <laughs> Making the speech in front of people is really tough, and I, I think that, um, you know, you just want to make sure that, you know, I think if you just say what's on your mind. A lot of time, and, and I, I never figured this out, I think, till I, uh, later in my career, but um, going up there and speaking from your gut actually is way better than trying to write a speech, but you probably should write a speech the first time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll be, I'll start here, yeah. and I know, I know myself, I'll, I'll be talking yeah. about something way over there. It's like, then I'll go over there. Yeah. Then I'll look down and remember, oh, I need to be talking about this, and I'll start here again. It, yeah. It'll be a disaster. So Don't I probably look at it as something give, you have to do. Look at it as an opportunity for you to finally be able to tell the people that, that need to hear it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Give him a little hell because of how nervous he is. Say what? I said, we got to give him a little hell for how nervous he is, trying to uh, make him more nervous. I don't I'll be a little nervous it, for sure. It, 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 that's what you drivers crack me up. It's like you're in the, in the heat of the moment, and you're not nervous about – all that's going on with 10 laps to go and five laps to go, but the speech is something that could oh derail you. Well, yeah, the, oh, the, the thing that you're in front of your peers, yeah. you know, dri other drivers are there, everybody in the industry is there. They're going to critique you. Yeah, it's like getting up in front of the driver's meeting and having to talk. Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> I uh, Now that we're talking about this, I remember back every year when the year would end when I run World of Outlaws or Luke Soil, we go to the banquet. I would almost forget that I have to get up and speak, and it's like, oh, no, I got to get up here in front of – hundreds of people and talk <laughs> and you yeah. almost get frozen the first couple times i think i've gotten this a little bit better at it but i'm i'm still probably gonna have to figure out how to accomplish that one <laughs> yeah i can't wait i, I love I'm, I'm excited to to hear that speech and uh celebrate that night with you winning this championship you have really improved 
the off season for a lot of people. Amen to that. And yeah. uh, you know, everybody <laughs> at this company is going to have a much better, uh, uh, happier off season uh, because of it. We uh, get a bonus too. That's right. <laughs> so, but let's uh, quickly let's talk about it. You're moving on. You're going over to RCR. This is a really reputable company. Great race team. They have had great success in the Xfinity Series. I know a lot of those people over there. Um, sorry. I don't know. Did you it, say, hey, Siri? It, it must have thought Xfinity Series was <laughs> Xfinity well, like Siri. 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 Xfinity Series. <laughs> Xfinity Series. <laughs> so, <Funny. laughs> so have you met Richard? Have you talked to Richard? Pretty cool guy, right? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's Richard Childress. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you see, like, like uh, a lot of the legends of the sport you hear and see so much of him on TV and getting to meet him in person and was was pretty cool i'm not gonna lie um but he's he's a he's a very hands-on owner he's very involved in what goes on he he loves he loves his team and he loves loves the sport he's a he's one of the owners that made his living being purely a car owner right. so he's very in tune and knows what's going on so you excited about i mean i know certainly just won your championship but are you excited about defending that title and getting to know everybody over there and going to work yeah it's gonna be fun um there's uh getting used to not I, I'm, you never know. Uh, maybe in the next couple of weeks, I might accidentally drive here when I mean to go there. <laughs> like, oops, sorry, wrong place. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to get up there. There's a couple people that, as you be around the, uh, as you're in the sport longer and longer, it seems like when you go somewhere, you you find a familiar faces oh, the yeah. longer you're in the sport. Um, there's some people up there that I know from BKR days, so that'll be cool to be around some of them again. Um, but yeah, it's it's a totally different place than than what I've come accustomed here. It's obviously yeah. everything's. They got a lot of stuff. It's spread out in a lot of different buildings, and um, getting used to that will be interesting, trying to make sure I go in the right building for the right thing. Um, but I haven't necessarily gone too much more into that than that because we had a lot left to do this year for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I didn't want to lose sight what was right in front of me and let it slip away because even if you do everything right, as we've seen, like as what happened to Justin, like you could have the best year of your career. You could win lots of races. You could do pretty much everything right, and still one thing can take you out yeah. of the playoffs. Like you can – just like Christopher, he can win a bunch of races and be in a spot leading the race with, you know, 40 to go or so and end up not winning the championship. So you can't take for granted what's right in front of you. That's kind of what we did this year, and I, I didn't want to lose sight of what was ever so present. Yeah, man. Well, you did an awesome job. I appreciate you coming on the show this morning. I know you got a lot going on, and you're being pulled in a bunch of different directions, but it should be a lot of fun this offseason. The speech, Mike's right. Enjoy it. Enjoy every part of it, right, because uh, it's hard to do. Not a lot of people get the chance to to celebrate a championship, be a champion, and and all the all the stuff that comes with it. Soak it up and have fun with it. Be yourself, and uh, we'll have a great off season. And then next year, it'll be a lot of fun racing against you. And and anytime you need somebody to talk to or want to come hang out with your you know, old buddies, Dave, <laughs> everybody's gonna be here for you, supporting you the rest of your career. So thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Congrats. Thanks for having me. Thank you too, Matt. <laughs> thank you, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's good to have Tyler on here, Mike. It was good. And, I enjoyed that. And you know what else is good? Tell me. Robin Hood. They're back. Yeah, they're back. They came back. We got two ad reads this show. It's big. Yeah. Robin Hood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks. I remember these guys. Yeah, a month ago. Yep. Stocks, ETFs, <laughs> options, and cryptos. What's cryptos? <laughs> it's better than a klepto. <laughs> all, oh, my God. All commission-free. 
So no commission, free commission, all commission free. There you go. They strive to make financial services work for everybody, not just for the wealthy. A non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. That's true. Yeah. I got the app. You can go in there. You know, uh, they, they, they really spell it out for you. It's not yep. intimidating. It's a nice app. And you learn by doing. You learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. You discover new stocks and track favorite companies with personalized news feeds. You, custom, you can have custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. With the design of this app, it's so easy to use. You know what I'm saying? Heard that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Robinhood is giving listeners, like these, the people, you, you, the, you, 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 you listeners. Don't. They're giving you a free stock. That's like handing you money. <laughs> Apple, Sprint, they're going to help you build your portfolio with free stock. There you go. Sign up at dalejr.robinhood.com. That's dalejr.robinhood.com. And then tell us about it. Tell us that you signed up tell at dalejr.robinhood.com. Tell us about you learning the stock market. Hey, I just got a text from TJ Majors. He says he's pretty sure he's still drunk. <laughs> I can't believe it. He barely drinks anymore. He had a he had, you know, two beers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all it took him. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> all right. He says there's a brown bag about two feet from him right now that he's about to puke in. Where is he? I wonder <laughs> if he's at home. He's on a bus to the airport. They're, they're oh, still in he's airport Florida. puking. That's not fun. I've had those days when you're on that damn shuttle bus. Well, you're. I was a commercial flyer. Y'all don't know about this. When you're on shuttle bus and it's bouncing <laughs> around, you got to puke. It ain't fun. Yeah. Well. What's up? All right, man. Thanksgiving. Yep. Obviously. Well, it's my favorite holiday because you got damn food. You got football. It's like the bomb. You got family. Yep. I should should have made that first. That was really yeah, crappy. Family first. But uh, all right, y- y'all have some good Thanksgiving memories growing up, or 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 you know you're going to be starting some new ones, Mike uh, Dale. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to go through the holidays with Isla. I don't you know don't know what to expect, but um, having someone else to enjoy the holidays with and help make that a special day with, like Christmas and so forth. So that'll be fun. We get together at the Earnhardt's mm. or Martha's house, Mamaw. Mamaw Earnhardt's. Yeah, we go to Mamaw's and the whole family gets there. So Isla's going to go through that experience for the first time, get passed around to everybody. She's going to get tired of being passed around. But uh, I think she's been to Mamaw's before in that kind of a setting. But probably she'll at least be a little more alert this time and kind of knowing what's going on and who's what. She has a little stranger danger, so that should be interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you know, it just occurred to me. So don't the Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving Day? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, will Danny Earnhardt be at Thanksgiving? Yeah. Is they, that intolerable to be during a Cowboys game they don't, around here? They're, they, they're very quiet. They for, are. Yeah, they're very quiet about their football watching. Yeah, football's on the TV in the living room. At Mamaw's, everybody gathers around. Okay. Who's, who's the first to fall asleep? Because you know you're going to have some old person Nobody fall asleep. falls asleep. Nobody. Nobody at the Earnhardt's falls asleep. No, Damn. Nobody does. Tryptophan doesn't affect an Earnhardt. Nope. Nobody falls asleep at the Earnhardt's. Good. They stay wide awake. There's lots of conversation. The kitchen's always full of people. I mean, every room in the house is full of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the biggest house ever. It's so, I would put 20 people maybe, 25 people total? Oh, no, no. no. We'll, more be, than that? Yeah, that'd be a 10, 10, 20 more net. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that is a full house, for sure. Yeah. Kitchen will be full of people, living room full of people. There's a room in between that's kind of like her collection of dad stuff. Yep. Um, which is fun to look at. What, what's your uh, what's your favorite thing uh, when it comes time to eat? Are you a drumstick guy? Are you a dark meat guy? A white meat guy? Oh, man. Cranberry sauce. This is a step above the uh, if you were stranded on an island question. Oh, come on. <laughs> It is. <laughs> Work with me here, Davis. Uh, <laughs> hey, you want to know what I'm thankful for? 
his answer in the press conference when they asked about what his biggest experience or takeaway from Joe Rogan's was. He said, well, we found out that Matthew Dillner could actually edit these videos in less than 24 hours. Yeah! <laughs> I didn't hear that. Oh, you missed it. Dang you. I cracked up. You yep. really said that at the press conference? In front of everybody. Yep. <laughs> and that's when I was most started grateful. The, started the year. That the was shine my, was new. That was the start of my Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, let's get to some Ask Junior Live. All right, we are live. All right, everybody. Uh, this is the Dale Jr. Download Podcast. Ask Jr. Live on YouTube. How y'all doing? Mike Davis. How's it doing? How's it going, everybody? Get it out, How Mike. you doing? Presented by Nationwide. <laughs> yeah. Off in the distance that you cannot see is Matthew Dillner, who will be asking the questions that you guys are putting in. Hopefully, everybody's up and at it this morning. Um, it's early uh, because we got stuff to do. So, I know you do, too. Let's get to it. Nikki Bobby Marks uh, uh, commented on Joey Logano's burnout and how bad that car was tore up afterwards. Uh, that was an incredible burnout. Uh, wh- what were your thoughts on that? I'm, uh, yeah, I, I, the burnouts all weekend were great. Everybody got pretty aggressive. How about with the my burnout? man Tyler yeah. Reddick running over a flag? Oh, did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, completely the butchered championship it. flag. That's right, the oh, championship flag. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, Tyler's tor- car sitting right over here uh, with the quarter panel missing. Uh, burnouts were great, man. I, you know, congratulations on the. I mean, I think that that's the time if you're going to do a, a car destroying burnout, that'd be the Boy, opportune time t- to do it. It's the time to do it. Yeah. Uh, what other podcast, Brian Wilson wants to know? What other podcast do you listen to? Um, none. I don't listen to podcasts that much. Do you listen to podcasts, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, you do. Mike listens to a lot of podcasts. I'm gonna assume just to learn about podcasting, right? I take some uh, things from time to time, but I actually listen yeah. to podcasts that I'm interested in, and um, yeah. Absolutely. I listen to the daily uh, podcast that NPR puts out just to hear what my news, they give it to me in 10 minutes. Oh. I listen to that every morning. I listen to the NPR hourly news. They got an app called hourly news or whatever on my phone. So I listen to that. I go to sleep to that, that monotone NPR news delivery. It's all the same. No matter who works for NPR, (laughs) they all talk the same way. That puts me right to sleep. I go to sleep with it. I hear you. Um, It's kind of my noise machine. Yeah. It's listening to the NPR news. But. Um, it's not a podcast, but what I do like to do is is watch Dan Patrick. So they, I they do turn that into a podcast. I know. Yeah, I I love what they do, how they do it, and so like you listen to podcasts to 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 see how they you know people are doing it differently and get more creative. I watch Dan to sort of learn what I want to learn about interviewing people. That's one of my favorites, not just interviewing, but even the way they, they format it, man, they're yeah. also loose and Yeah, the out. setting. They ch- they go different studios. They have a New York studio, and they go to different studios, seeing what they're doing with their space, and, and listening to Dan is awesome. Gersabone, I don't know how the heck you pronounce that. What's your favorite Elliot Sadler memory, you know? Mm. That's a good one. Oh, man. I guess running, I ran second to him at Bristol in 98, so close to winning at Bristol, and then we went to Texas and won, and he ran second. Uh, we've had, we partied together a lot. We would go downtown Charlotte all the time, and I'd, we'd ride down there in my uh, Impala. I had an old Impala, not, like a 96 Impala, um, not that old, but we'd blare the music, and I'd drive, we'd, I'd go to pick him up from his exit on 77, and we'd go downtown. We'd do that on Tuesdays. Back in the when he was racing in the M and M car, mm. uh, we had a lot of fun together. I don't know. Uh, I mean, when he came here and we he won at uh, Darlington, that was a pretty awesome deal. Aside from the fact that obviously he would have loved to have won more races, especially this last year, he would have loved to have had the chance to race for the championship, considering what happened to him the year before. Aside from all that, I mean, he just had such a great time working with us and becoming friends with Kevin. It was great. 
Uh, the Ripster, 777, can we get a 2019 Dirty Mo Media preview? Changes, new stuff. We heard you talking about a new studio. Yeah, th- you know, this is our little studio space right here. It's, I don't know, it feels like it's about a 12 by 10. <laughs> That's 10. a closet. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> it's uh, it's small. We're going to knock all these walls down and use a bunch bigger space and totally change uh, the whole setting of literally how we sit and so forth. We haven't decided on any of that yet, but we've been talking about it, thinking about it, looking at other people's studios, Rich Eisen's studio, Dan Patrick's studio, um, just trying to get ideas and seeing things we like. And uh, it's going to be, uh, once it's ready and kicking, it's going to be fun. We're going to have to hustle in December and January to put it together, uh, to have it ready. It's going to be cool. I can't wait to. That's just as far as the download goes. Now, as far as Dirty Mo Media, were they asking about Dirty Mo Media as a as a, as a In whole? general. Yeah, we're going to integrate a lot more drivers and a lot more other personalities into our platform yeah. yep. uh, in 219. We've been working on that already. I'm really excited about that. Um, people that are not necessarily just even associated with junior motorsports, but uh, just uh, that have their own fan bases, their own you know population that we're going to be able to bring and hopefully create some good stuff. Oh, man. So watching this chat room has got to be my favorite part of this whole deal here. And and we have our new social person here shaking her head, laughing at some of these uh, things. Uh, D- Dale, do you ever quote lines from Lakota Sioux from Dances with the Wolves to your buffaloes? No. That's got to be the weirdest question I've ever that is heard. Pretty good. All right, uh, Brett. Ang- they are they are so glad that you asked it. Bro. I mean, I just couldn't. that person. That is, person's like Christmas. That person is laughing. <laughs> Can't believe you said it, Brett Edwards. Uh, hey Dale, have you ever considered purchasing Concord Speedway, a place where you cut your teeth, one of the places in late models, and bringing it back to weekly racing series? It, it needs some help. Um, and and we were discussing off camera last week. It is for sale again. Yeah, it's for sale. It's under. Two million bucks, pretty reasonable price, I think, for the property. If I were interested in being a, tr- a track owner, I think it'd have to be something you'd consider. But I'm not interested in becoming a track owner or a promoter. I got uh, my family. I want to, you know, my goal is to raise my daughter, become a, gr- a great broadcaster. That's uh, going to take up a ton of my time. If there was anything appealing about that, then you know, consider. Well, look, it. But it's like there's two two professions: track owners and soccer referees. To be like, a, don't want, know why anybody would to be a track owner and to be good, you'd have to live it. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's you'd, a daily. You'd have to live it. You have to be there every day. You'd have to be hands on. I'm not wanting to do that. Think about the track owner from Homestead Miami Speedway this weekend when you got the one driver that oh, couldn't boy. get into the. T- <laughs> And then supposedly there was some confrontation with him. Supposedly. We saw supposedly. pictures. You, did you guys see pictures of it? Yeah. Elliot oh Sadler God. got upset. Well, they the wouldn't right let him be. in. They wouldn't let him in without a parking pass. Everybody. You know what? Elliot and the uh, track owner, or not track owner, it was the president. Yes. Oh, that's right. So track president screaming, Elliot screaming. There's no video, but it's just hearsay. And I'm thinking, why would the track president do that in front yeah. of everybody? But then... I, I tweeted about this when I went downstairs at the bottom of the elevator in the basement trying to go to the booth out in the grandstands. They have the they have a miniature replica of the original layout under and it's giant. It's mm-hmm. you know it's kind of what you build like when you're trying to show all the investors like here's right. what it's gonna be. This is the vision. This is the vision. It's the model of the what, model. Yeah. And it's the original model and it's under trash. Mm. Like piles of shit on top of it. And I was like, I took a picture of it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. How in the hell is this down here, and how is it being treated this way? And so I text a couple people, and they're going to send it up. Yep. 
stop. Yeah. They're so he doesn't have eight by tens, but he's gonna have freaking models. Oh yeah, of- by all means, eight by tens are way too big. Can you? What kind of shoebox you gonna fit that model in? <laughs> it's um, gonna go into our studio. For those of you listening to the podcast <laughs> yeah. right now, you'll have to to hear the whole story of what we're just talking about. It's gonna, gonna go to into our. It's gonna go into our new studio. <laughs> just some uh, nice ambience in the background. So you tweet that, and that just like that, they're sending it to you. No, I asked for it. I tweeted oh, it, and I sent some text messages okay. going, this needs to be taken care of, and if, if it's going to be sitting here doing this, send it to my house. Let me at least keep it nice and out. And if you guys ever want it back, because one day you're going to go, man, we wish we had that thing. You give it back? Yeah. Absolutely. That's the same thing he did for the Unical 76 ball out there. You know, he's like, man, he, he put on a – It was laying in the full, trash. He put a full-court marketing campaign on it. It was laying in the trash <laughs> in the back at Talladega Motor I'm like, that should be hanging – that should be on a pole somewhere in somebody's yard. Um, after seeing that thing under all that trash, it kind of all the heart the, – the, you know, the stuff with Salar made more sense. There you go. All right. Uh, yeah, this is great. Groot House and – Amy Britton, and a few other people yep. wanting to know turkey, ham, or something else, or side dishes. Boom. Oh. In your face. Mike was clowning you for your question yeah, I know. Earlier. He was clowning me for my turkey and stuff question. Come on, I, man. I, I simply said that this is kind of like Honey the, baked ham. if you were on an island. That question. stuff is legit. Honey baked, Honey baked ham. ham for, oh, God, yeah. Dude. <laughs> it's you a, don't like that, you're just I wrong. I know it's cheating. It is. To have the honey baked ham in there with the turkey. And and going for the honey baked ham and not eating the turkey, turkey feels bad. But you're talking. Well, you feel bad for the turkey. Turkey feels insulted that it's being <laughs> it's being up see up uprooted and up uh, you know by the honey baked yeah by the honey baked ham. It's like wait a minute, Tur- Thanksgiving is turkey turkey day. Yeah, not honey yeah. baked ham day. Yeah, they don't call it ham day. Big day. Yeah. Yeah. But you, it's like you can't you gotta have it. It's so good. No, I'm I'm all down for the ham. If there was the- a way, if there was a way to make the the whole ham tastes like the outside of the ham. That would be even better. Does does turkey taste that good when it comes down to it? If you do it right, I do. I mean, if you do it right, turkey is dry. No, yes, you're not it doing it right. Is. It yeah, kind of yeah, is. Turkey you're is not dry. Doing it right. no, no, no. Hold on. Now, I, if it's done the right way, st- if every food in the world was done the right way, turkey is still towards the bottom of the. Of really, the and it's you the so? it's the healthy, boringest, boringest bird. Yeah. The turkey leg, I, I kind of like because it just feels like you're a Neanderthal, like when you go to the fair no, or something. That, I that, love it. That's that's that's, that's you. me. That's you. <laughs> it's just, uh, you feel like a Neanderthal. That's <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, it's a little dry, and it's just like a. It's a. It's like more of a necessity. And I'm, I'm going to tell that's you. That's what people think of cranberry sauce. Oh wait, wait, wait. That's like a necessity. We got to get uh, my uncle Robert G. Jr. to tell us about his uh, turkey. Uh, recipe he deep fries turkey like chicken nuggets like turkey nuggets and uh, he has a certain recipe on how he does it his panko breadcrumbs and all that stuff I bet that's good we killed uh, we shot a turkey and ate it that night at my hunting place and I was like ah man turkey not my favorite bird but he killed it yeah so good that is the way to eat turkey yeah no I'm but I mean Deep frying, any, deep frying anything is good. It ju- that's true too. Uh, it just occurred to me though. I, th- you know, my overall feelings of the entire Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving as a holiday. I think the overall meal is a bit uh, uh, overrated. Dressing, like to st- now, I'm not saying it's not good. I get it, but I'm just saying the cranberry sauce I don't touch. 
the the dressing. I hate cranberry sauce. I, I, when else would you eat that, right? Yeah. And then the turkey. I mean, like you know, I would rather have ribs and beans and yeah. uh, macaroni and cheese. I'm not crazy <laughs> about the dressing. I like gravy, uh, especially that KFC gravy. Mm. What? Yeah, KFC gravy. <laughs> he just—that's sacrilege of it for like for the for the big gravy Thanksgiving what? people. Out of all gravies, he went, he, he's so brand focused here. He's the honey baked ham and the Kentucky Fried sorry. Chicken. Out of all gravies, the best gravy I've ever do? had. No, KFC. I want to go not. have a burger. Let's go to Burger King. <laughs> really, dude? No. I'm just saying. All right. So where I go to get where I'm getting my gravy is probably not the best place. <laughs> Thank. You. Okay, you admit it. You own it. All right. All right, moving on for the damn gravy. KFC gravy, Nicholas. so good. KFC <laughs> 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 gravy, my goodness. Yum, yum, yum. Daniel. I used to eat KFC all the time. Holy oh, crap. God. How do you I not look even, like me? I can't even go to them places anymore. Oh, the, oh, man. I had to stop. I mean, it was getting out of hand. If thanks, if Mamma, all she did was go to KFC instead of make any of that stuff, you would not be disappointed one bit, would you? Oh, man. If, if it was a big family deal with the big bucket. I'd be uh, fine with that. Yeah, you would. Yeah. If it was like, all right, you know, we're, ain't nobody feeling like cooking. We're just going to order a crap ton of KFC. <laughs> be totally fine with me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Great. Perfect. All right. Uh, Daniel Newcomer, uh, did you see the new Bowman Gray show, Race Night at Bowman Gray, yet? I did. What do you think? The production and editing on it, it's a little little bit off of what it was. Am I right? What do you I didn't look? see Oh, you it. haven't seen Why are you laughing? Well, can I say why I'm laughing? Yeah. Dillner, weren't you part of the production? I wasn't part. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't part of the production. I, I are just, you camera film? I did You're camera filming. for uh, the races. I'll, I'll, That's it. Me, That's it. Not okay. the reality. I have to be. I have to get specific. So they were showing <laughs> car a car qualifying. Right? Oh, that bugged the heck out of me. I know what you're going to say. They're showing a car qualifying. He's on his hot laps, and then they cut to him in there warming up the tires, which he would do before the hot lap. And they're overlaying some radio communication about how his car's handling and so forth. All that stuff is uh, isn't real. That's not what happened. Like nobody's out there driving like this, coming out on you know warming up your tires on a hot lap. Um, it just that kind of stuff bothers me that there's not whoever's in charge of this thing isn't doesn't have a driver or some race guy, some. Motorsports guy sitting there as they're putting this together to go. No, 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 no. That doesn't work there. That that doesn't work there. He's in the middle of his hot lap. He would not go start warming his tires up. That happens before he starts his hot lap. It's that particular stuff that maybe the fan. I think a lot of fans would notice it. Is Jim Bob that's never watched a race before that happens on this? You know, happens to stumble on this show. Is he going to know it? No. But those are the things that annoy me. It makes me wonder about the rest of the show. And how well, it, you know, how well or not well it's being put together. Um, it's the same cast of characters, guys that we all know well, the Myers brothers and all that. I just thought the show was better built as, the, Madhouse. The, as Madhouse. It was, it flowed through the episode better. What, what did you think about it, Dillner? Um, I thought it was good. I think it takes a little time. I mean, it's already got moved from Discovery Channel to Velocity, which uh, there was a good uh, big hubbub about that this week and that it was canceled. There's rumors that it's canceled, not coming back next <laughs> yeah. year, uh, this and that. So uh, Already? Which, already, wow. which is not a good thing. But Well, it, th- that th- it's the, the whole reason is because it, the editing of the show, yeah. it don't flow. It don't flow. Madhouse, as we knew it from a couple years ago, was an excellent show. Should have been picked up for a second season. Yep. And that's what they need to try to build. Whatever's happening now, it, it's like I, it, it, it feels like whoever's doing it hasn't never really watched a race or been around racing. 
Uh, maybe they need to have a sh you know whoever's doing this show needs to get some people that know racing, know Bowman Gray, really involved in the editing of it, in the in, in the production side of yeah. it. Listen, uh, hold on, not to keep this thing going, but you're saying that it was intended to be on Discovery Channel. It was. It debuted on Discovery Channel, it and now on Discovery, uh, and now it's already going to another network, which is uh, a, a sister network. Velocity, right? Velocity. I know, I, it is a sister yes. network, but Velocity would be more of the motorsports. The motorsports. Uh, yeah. I wonder if there's a correlation behind that. Is that you're saying it feels like it needs to be by uh, yeah, racing yeah, 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 people? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. I wonder Maybe. if that's why. We'll see. I just hope it does well. I don't care if uh, it's uh, Joe doing a local racing public access show. I want them all yeah. to do well. So that's the bottom line. Scott Campo, how would you rate your, how would you grade your first year as a broadcaster? I hate talking about myself. You know, I was sitting there during that race thinking about that. Just there's little things in there that you learn as you're going uh, that you get more comfortable with. You get more comfortable speaking up, like to your producer and 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 to the other guys in the booth. We have buttons that we can mash where I can just talk to Steve and and Burton and Rick. No one else. I have a button that I can mash that I can talk to the producer. Like, hey man, we're getting ready to have a pass for the lead. Let's make sure we are watching that. There's things that I can do to help the producer know what's happening or coming. Mike uh, uh, Latart does it too. He's like, hey, there's a pit cycle coming. Let's make sure that we're not on commercial when these leaders hit pit road. Things like that. I've gotten my, uh, much, much more comfortable speaking up. When I first went in there, I was like, I'm new. Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to talk when I see something cool happen on track. I learned that I got to be way more aggressive. Or, I mean, really, if I don't, if I don't be aggressive, Burton and Latart and Rick are going to do all the talking. They're not going to open. They're not going to stop and lay out and hold my hand through this broadcast. They're not going to ask you, hey, Dale, what do you think about no, this? No, it's not going right. to be an interview process or anything like that. So I learned that i got to be way more aggressive. I felt like, though, as I was thinking about it during the broadcast last night or at Homestead, uh, I was like, man, I've came a long way. I've, mm -hmm. I've, I, I'm, I'm in this. I'm in this. It's like double dutch. It's like, mm -hmm. man, I'm in it. I know I can jump in. I'm, I'm comfortable jumping in. I can jump out and let somebody else jump in and jump back in. I can meet two of us at the same time. I mean. That's rhythm. Yeah. That's good. It's It just gets more and more comfortable the more you do it. I follow the Twitter while I'll look at Twitter maybe twice during the race when I get a real break to see what people are saying. And, uh, you know, some people say uh, they love it. They love the enthusiasm. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't like the screaming as much. <laughs> um, but – and I try. I, I'll I'll hit the button and ask the pr my producer, "Am I? Do I need to calm down? You know, because I was so excited when that race started, and I felt like I was annoying. Right? I was worried maybe that I was being annoying because I was just that excited for the first stage. And as things were unraveling, we got about halfway through the race, and I was like, "Guys, do I need to calm down? Because I, I, I am I being am I annoying y'all? Uh, if I'm annoying you, I'm annoying the viewer." But I'm freaking, I'm loving this, you know. And this last race of the year championship, man, I'm just, yeah. you know. And there's a fine line between, you know, being excited and a race fan, broadcast. All that stuff kind of has to merge together, being a broadcaster, being professional. A little bit of each uh, ingredient in what you want to do. And maybe I was being too excited, too much race fan. Not enough broadcaster, not enough professional. Be honest. Did somebody say that to you on Twitter? Did you see that or yeah. something? So no, somebody no, no. said you were not, annoying? No, no. Okay. The screaming, the yelling. You do see I that. I see that every week. Like, yeah. I don't like the yelling. They need to stop yelling. I, I, and, I'll, and I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to look at my Twitter timeline in probably 10 minutes, and, and it'll be full of people saying, no, don't change. Don't stop yelling. I love exactly. the enthusiasm. So I, know that, I know that the overwhelming majority enjoy it. But when you see that one or two, 
you have to check yourself and go, hey, guys, am I being too annoying? And they're like, no, 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 keep it up, keep it up, love the energy, you know, and it's like, all right, I'm going with it. I feel it's a, if it's what it's what I feel. It's how I'm feeling, and so I just let it rip. That look, man, and I keep going back to this, but if I can't be the way I want to be in the booth, ain't no point in me even doing it. Yep. I don't want to be cool and calm and trimmed down. And if uh, if me being the way I am is not what they want, then that's great. They'll do what they need to have the broadcast they want. I don't want. I don't have to work. I love working. Right? Yep. I don't have to work, but I love it. I love broadcasting. I loved the whole season. I hope to keep doing it, but I only want to do it if I can do it the way I'm doing it. That makes perfect sense. I, I got it. One of yeah. my best friends has been away from NASCAR for like four years, and he tuned into Chicago just to hear it because yeah. you were doing it. He's like, I'll give it a – and he's loved it. It's not just you. He said that your excitement has been infectious to the other guys, and he's actually watching some races now. That's this cool. ain't no PR thing. This oh, my yeah. buddy Steve That's Bullard cool. is legit. People are chiming in saying that the KFC gravy is is awesome. By the way, see, uh, I, I know this. I, 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 I know. I, I, I didn't want to make. Me. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it, but I knew. <laughs> I, I knew that this. I knew that they would back me on that. Uh, every, Craig Parrish, I want to kill this guy. They're sending you pallets yeah, of gravy every, right now. Every, everybody <laughs> knows that KFC gravy is the best. It's great gravy. I so mean, he's it's back in a truck. Come up on, right man! Here. Bojangles even has better gravy than them. I'm not gonna see. I'm not gonna say KFC is the best gravy. I can't say that with confidence. It is top three, top five gravy. Saying something. Provisional. Uh, <laughs> Craig Parrish. Uh, hmm. Craig Parrish said this. Dillner has got to be kin to Penn Jillette. I don't know who that I, is. You guys I, ever I thought have that? Absolutely, I have hate thought that. that. Oh, I know who I, you're talking about. He I, does look. I, I wish I could curse right now. I effing hate it's, that. It's, look, it's like I, one of my most hated things Matthew, when people say I that. When I see you, I don't think Pin Gillette. But when I see Pin Gillette, you think, I think you. Yeah. <laughs> I do. All right. Uh, it really does. I see the resemblance. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Hornick here chiming in. Uh, are you going to do a secret signing, kind of like JT? I guess Timberlake, unless it's talking about JT. I don't know what, that, what does driver. that mean, Mike? A secret signing. He did a secret signing, I guess, at a Target. Oh, where he yeah. just showed up. Well, cool. now, okay, okay, okay. Let me ask y'all, as, as fans, you guys watching, so if, if JT or somebody does something like that and then and then someone else, myself or anyone else, goes and does it, it's just a, is it copycat or is it still cool? I mean, I know the fans that walk up and buy the book and and find out. Oh my gosh, it's it's, uh, it's Justin autog- Timberlake was not the first one to do that. I know, but now I just making sure that if I go do that, that it ain't gonna come back on me. Like ah, you know, he just seen this guy do it. He's only doing it because of X. He's only doing it because of it's pot. You know, because oh, you know, he wants to be cool or whatever. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Yeah. I just don't think it was an original idea by him. If it was no. an original idea by him, you'd absolutely be copying yeah. him. But I think that's just not Others an original idea. So all you're right. all to say you're well within your right to go do it if that's something you want to do. As a matter of fact, it, it, it you know there are particular retailers. I'm not going to go into them right now that um, you know where we needed to put emphasis in, and so that would be a good idea to to put emphasis in those yeah. particular retailers. Well, just know that if I do do that, there those retailers and my publisher and everyone else is going to want to promote that i've done that so if you you know there'll be some promotion behind it so it's secret but not a secret yeah but what part of that is bad nothing just let okay. people know just talking to the fans not you i got you talking to listeners i mean promotion sounds Watch good to me i mean they said they, it would be good <laughs> if you were dressed like a target employee and just surprise people now that gets a little <laughs> that gets a little nah, nutty. yeah that's you annoying. know I, I don't want to dress like some target employee <laughs> <laughs> paper or plastic please all right, man. Uh, that was a good segment of uh, Ask Junior. Nicholas Darter is closing this out here because he said uh, he's actually going to shut this Ask Junior live on YouTube down and go get gravy at KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in and watching. Um, we're going to do another Ask Junior live 
sometime in December, hang out and uh, follow Dirty Mo Media on uh, Twitter to keep up with when that'll be happening. Nice. Time for the white flag. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there. White flag. Uh, I want to start this white flag, this final white flag of the official NASCAR season by saying it's been awesome doing this show with you guys this year. Uh, we really got to sort of enjoy it by listening to the open that Matthew built. So, um, yeah, thank you guys, Dale, Matthew. Thank you. Even Leah in your last uh, few weeks there, uh, or your first few weeks. Your last. You're doing great. <laughs> You're great. I have nothing else to add to that. Um, I also want to thank the people that listen to this show every week, however you consume the show, whether it's on the television uh, side of it, if, if it's on the social media clips, a uh, big appreciation for you as we approach this Thanksgiving. Um, we also want to say as we approach the holidays, go buy Dale Jr.'s book, Racing to the Finish. It's at DaleJr.com forward slash book or wherever books are sold. NBC Network will air this show Wednesday at 5. So one hour show this Wednesday, 5 o'clock. Uh, so you can catch the Dale Jr. download on NBC Sports Network then. Dale Jr., you have a week off this week, but you will be going to Vegas for the championship uh, or Champions Week. That'll be fun. Uh, you'll have a great time out there. Uh, also, we will have a special holiday season of the download, a, a special holiday episode of the download during December. We will give you details on that, but just as an FYI, we will have a special guest on there that has been requested by a lot of people. Um, and so I'm not ready to disclose who that guest is yet, but... It's, uh, it's going to be a good one. It'll be a, a good December episode. And, fellas, awesome year. Awesome year. Really appreciate Closing you thoughts. guys. Closing yep. thoughts, yeah. I'm going I'm to go rest. Go rest. Yeah. This month has been a uh, hustle. You know, we had the book uh, tour yeah. in New York, in L.A., the races. It's been a busy, busy November. Being a dad. October. Yeah. So, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And uh, we'll see you before Christmas. Uh, the surprise we have for you for the next uh, the podcast in December is excellent, and I can't wait for uh, for that to happen and people to hear it. It's gonna be real. And Dale didn't break the news. What? <laughs> 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 <laughs>